This is a Shir on Likutei Sichreis, Book 24, Chilik of Dalad, the Sicha of Chamisha Asabav, <coughs> which is also the Sich, which is uh, has an asterisk at the top of the Sicha that tells us it's also a Siyam of Mesech the Tainus, conclusion of the book, the Tractate of Tainus. On this, that on this that the Mishnah says. There were no such great good days for the Jewish people as the 15th of Av. And the day of Yom Kippur, the Gemara brings several reasons from rabbis in the Gemara, Amairoim, on the reason for the Yom Tev, for the holiday of the 15th of Av, Tuba Av. First of all, says the Gemara, It was the day that the tribes were allowed, permitted to marry into each other. The background of this is when the daughters of Tzlovchot complained that their father only had daughters and therefore he wouldn't be able to take his portion in the land because it would go back to his brother and it would be inherited by their first cousins. So Hashem went and asked, um, Moshe Rabbeinu went and asked Hashem, Hashem said, indeed, the daughters of Slavchad have a good point. If somebody passes away without sons, it will go to the daughters. Then came the people of the, their, their cousins of various degrees, the descendants of the tribe of Yosef, and they said, but hey, if these girls now go and get married to people from other tribes, then what will happen is that their children will be belonging to other tribes. When their parents pass away, the land, in this case, that belonged to the tribe of Yosef, will all of a sudden be inherited by people that from, from some other tribe, whoever, depending on who these daughters married. Which, so there was an instruction given in the Torah, Hashem gave the instruction that the daughters of Tzlavchot can only get married to people of the same tribe, tribe of Yosef. And that continued the day of the 15th day of Av. Later on, it was learned and derived that this prohibition which limited the choice of marriage in that scenario where there was only daughters in a family to somebody of the same tribe, this was derived to be only for that generation. But going forward, the Torah didn't mean it as an ongoing thing. It was meant just for then. Going forward, there wouldn't be any restriction upon who girls could marry. So that, by definition, is a day that is a joyous day because you've allowed more, the simple meaning here, the Rebbe will give later a a deeper definition of this, simple meaning is that you've allowed for more um, unity in the Jewish people. There wasn't a restriction in that case where there's only daughters of who they're allowed to marry. That's one reason for the day, and that took place on the 15th day of Av. Another reason for the greatness of the day is another story. The background is a day that the tribe of Binyamin was allowed to marry into the Jewish community background of this story is the story of Pilegish Begiva. There was a woman who was traveling and she was uh, mistreated to the point of dying through her being mistreated. Uh, it happened to the tribe of Binyamin. The tribe of Binyamin, uh, because they had allowed such a decrepit and terrible thing to happen in their midst, there was a, uh, there w- there was a call to arms to fight the tribe of Binyamin and then there was a decree that nobody could marry the tribe of Binyamin. The problem was that now there was going to be, God forbid, a possibility that one of the tribes no longer had a, 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 a match, a, a, a shidduch pool, a match, a pool from where to make a match, and they would, God forbid, be lost. So on that day of 15th day of Av, at that time period in history, 
it was decreed by the Sanhedrin that the that we could that it could be rescinded, and now Binyamin could freely marry people of other um, shvatim, and thus the tribe of Binyamin was was continued. So that's a, of course an exciting day. Then there's another thing that took place there. Yom Shekolam Midbar. Historically, this took place actually the first of all, the day that those that died in the desert stopped to die because they were dying every year at the same anniversary of the complaint of the story of the Meraglim, which was on Tisha B'av. Every year, the ninth of Av, they would basically save the Chaver Kadisha work. They would dig their own grave and lie down in it. The year of the fortieth year, which they weren't sure if it finished yet, they dug their graves and they didn't die. They got up, they thought maybe their calendars were off. And they kept on lying down in their graves till the moon was full on the 15th day of Av. They knew, that's it. They're not dying anymore. And this is when they got the good news that the 9th of Av was no longer a day that they were going to die. Whoever was alive now, all the males were going to go into the land of Israel. By the way, the women, anyway, this didn't apply to them because they didn't get caught up in the um, negative complaining against Israel. They had it right in the first place. So the 15th day of Av is the day when they stopped dying, or at least when they were aware and it became official that they stopped dying. That's a happy day. Another thing that happened on this day is Yom Shabitl Hoshea ben Eila Prustius Shahishiv Yeravam ben Avot Alad Rochim Shlayali Yisrael Regel. There was a time period where Yeravam ben Avot, the wicked king Jeravam, Yeravam, had put um, he had put guards and sentries at the passageways, at the uh, highways that led up to Yerushalayim, not to allow people in his kingdom, which was the majority, it was the ten tribes, not to allow them to go to Yerushalayim. And this was the day where Hoshea bin Ela came and he took off those restrictions. Great day, now the Jews can get together, now the Jews can go to Yerushalayim. Another thing that happened on that day is Yom Shenitnu Haruge Beit Alikvura. After the destruction of the Second Temple, there was still a stronghold that held out for quite a while. It was Beitar. Eventually the Romans conquered them by nefarious means and they were all killed and they were not allowed to be buried. This went on for many years. This was the day when they were finally allowed to be buried. Um, interesting, just a snippet, that the fourth blessing of Birchas Amos and Hatoiv Hametiv, thanking Hashem who is good and who does good, is because the, is marking this event. It was a momentous event um, that the, they were, uh, after the terrible tragedy of them being killed, they weren't even allowed to be brought to their rest. And this was the day, 15th day of Av, when they were allowed, permission was given by the Romans to bring them to burial. So that is one of the reasons of the happiness of the 15th day of Av. And in the end, the Gemara brings something that seems to sum everything up, although it's totally different. This was the day that they finished, they concluded cutting wood for the Mizbeach, the Tanya, the altar. As it's, as it's taught, Rabbi Leza, God Lamer, Rabbi Leza the Great says, From the 15th day of Av, that is the day when the sun is at its strongest point in the summer months in Israel. From that day onwards, the power of the sun hitting the earth becomes weakened. They would no longer cut wood for use in the Mizbeach. Why not? Because they're not totally dry to their fullest extent. And obviously, oh, why did the wood have to be dry? Well, wood has to be dry, you would say, in order to burn well. But actually, the, the main reason is that um, when it's, there's no moisture, then it's also bug-free. Needed to be good quality without being infest, having any infestations. Amr of Nash said, not just did they, was that the day that the conclusion took place of the cutting of the wood, but 
the Kodolate was called Yom Tavor Magal, the day where the scythes, basically like the axes, the woodcutting equipment was broken. And this we're going to look at at much deeper depth. Says the Rebbe, by all of the earlier reasons we understand, in other words, before the last one, we understand why it becomes a Yom Tav, because there was something good, something beneficial for the Jewish people that took place in, in the 15th day of Av. Either it was, um, you know, removing something terrible, right? The day that the people stopped dying in the desert, the day that Hoshea uh, uh, took away the restrictions for going up to Yerushalayim, the day that the Beitar martyrs were allowed to be buried, or it was something that made um, that that made a uh, made something even better, something that was slightly deficient better. For example, the day that we had free marriage for even girls that inherit land in, in, in their ancestral land. Or the day that Minyomin was allowed to marry into the rest of the community. So these are, while they're not removal of, you know, of, of decrees, like the, the dead stopping to die, but they are an upgrade and a removal of an impediment to having a, 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 you know, a, um, a wholesome people. However, the last point in the list, and that is that the day that they stopped um, cutting wood for the Mizbeach, we have to understand how that fits into the to the um, to the reasons for the happiness of Hamisha Sabaav. What kind of an advantage is there in the fact that they stopped cutting wood for the for, for the Mizbeach? Make a yomtiv because of that, and more than that, it's create it, it make it such a big yomtiv that it's on par with Yom Kippur. The Mishnah says there was no such great yomtivs like Hamisha uh, Sabaav and Yom Kippur. More than that. Inherently, there's something that seems bothersome here. A day we stop doing something, we make it a yomtif? That sounds that doesn't sound good. We're running away from doing something. Um, and Rabbi Nasha even adds that stopping the cut the the the, the, the wood from the mizbeach is such a exciting event that you call it a special day, the special name for it, the day of breaking the axes? The Rebbe says the question is even, even greater. The amazement is even greater. According to Rebbe Leza Godel, the fact that they didn't cut wood is because the sun got weakened. So in other words, the sun, which we consider to be a good thing, because it brings a benefit in the world, and we need dry wood for the Mizbeach, so that's something good. Now it's stopping, we're celebrating that. But since we see that it's not just one opinion, it's Rabbah, Rabbi Yosef, both say it, Rabbi Menashe, um, and, and according to certain understandings, Rabbi Leza Godel is also saying this is, this is the reason for the day. So it seems that this is a very fundamental reason. In other words, the other reasons given are given by one or two opinions. Here it's either by two or three opinions that are saying that the day of concluding the cutting of the wood, this is the main reason. So it seems that this is the main reason. Even though there's no argument, remember, the, the fact that there's many different reasons, doesn't say they're arguing that what each one is saying this is the only reason. Each one is saying this is the reason, we all know it's a great day, the 15th day of Av. I heard from my teacher the reason is this, and, 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 and the next rabbi comes and says, I heard from my teacher the reason is this. So there's no arguing, but the fact that the final reason, and the one that has the most names attached to it, 
as authoring it, as relating it, is the reason for stopping the wood. It seems that that's mamish, one of the uh, that's a critical reason. It seems a little bit uh, that it requires um, uh, explanation. Paragraph two, Rabbeinu Gershon, Rabbeinu Gershom, in his explanation, says that the the um, specialty and the importance of the day that they completed cutting wood for the mizbeach is because for a short time. For the time that they were busy cutting wood, they weren't able to study Torah at full steam. But the day that they finished cutting the wood, they made this a, a special day of happiness because now, from now on, they have all the time in the world available to study Torah. So, according to this, he explains what the advantage of this day is. The Rashbam, grandson of Rashi. Rashbam, however, in his commentary on the Talmud says that the reason for the joy is that day that they concluded cutting, they because on that day they completed such a great mitzvah. In other words, the advantage and the simcha, the joy from finishing to cut is not because they're not cutting anymore, but because now you have completed the mitzvah. Just like we find, we all know that there's a simcha by finishing other mitzvahs. Right? So, that simcha is what's expressed here. Now, we also understand why the Rashbam doesn't want to learn like Rabbeinu Gershom that it's because now they can study more Torah because the Rabbeinu Gershom's explanation has a few difficulties. First of all, the Gemara doesn't say they stopped cutting the wood and from now on they can study Torah. That, if that's the main point, that the Gemara should have spelled it out clearly. It does say later on that now that the days are becoming shorter, the, the sun is going on a, on a shorter cycle, from now on whoever adds in Torah, his life is added to him. But that's, a, that's given as, a, as an addendum, that's given as a follow-up and as an instruction. Now that the day, nights are longer, nights are for study, so go study longer. But it's, it's, that's not said as one of the reasons why 15th of Av is special. Rabbeinu Gershom puts that into the reason. And by the way, the fact that the nights are longer, that is nothing, it's not limited to people that are chopping wood for the Mesa Migdash. And probably, Rebbe says, chopping wood didn't take place at night. So even if they were chopping wood in the Mesa Migdash, if the nights are longer, they still have more time to study. So how is the fact that they finished chopping wood really a reason for Simcha because they could study more Torah? Difficult to understand. Base it doesn't seem to be so logical to say that a yomtev should be made because now we can learn more Torah. In other words, the fact, it seems to say that there's a, a downside to the mitzvah of cutting wood for the Mizbeach. Oh, now we don't have to do it anymore. Now let's rejoice because we can use that time for something better for studying Torah. It seems, it seems a little bit difficult to understand that. However, we have to understand from the fact that Okay, so the Rajbam we know. The Rajbam says, well, they finished the mitzvah. Great. So we celebrate. But the fact that the Rambam says, it's a mitzvah, it's a great mitzvah. Uh, why is he saying great mitzvah? Because he wants to explain probably why the Yom Tev of Hamish Asabav is not just a regular good day, but it's a, we say, there were no other Yom Tevs, like, oh, Yom Tev soul, as great as this day in Yom Kippur. It's a special Yom Tev. So that's why he calls it a mitzvah. But we have to understand why is on the completion of this particular mitzvah of cutting the wood for the mitzvah, called the mitzvah gedayla, not just, it should be a mitzvah. 
On the contrary, it would see, you, would, you would imagine that this mitzvah is actually only a hechsher mitzvah. It only is an, an enabler to do the mitzvah. The real mitzvah is offering the karbonus, keeping the mizbeach alight. But this is, so, so is it enough of a mitzvah that we should make such a celebration when we bring a completion to the mitzvah? Especially that when we talk about finishing a literal mitzvah, like finishing a Torah, we don't find that it says, it says it's a time of simcha, we don't say it says that there are no other great yomtavs like the yomtav of finishing a Torah. Um, so, why does this completion of this mitzvah create the energy of a mitzvah gedel, a simcha gedel, of such a great joy that still requires explanation? I just like to call your attention to something very fascinating that um, the Ramos says in if you look up the Ramah in Yeridea when he speaks about the concept of finishing a mitzvah he says that um, quoting the Nimuke Yesen Nimuke Yesen you know where we learn that this Gemara is teaching us that this is where we derive the concept of making a celebration when we finish a mitzvah and from this we get the concept of making a celebration when we finish a Maseches and the Ramah there brings from the Nimuke Yesef and uh, this concept. The Shach there brings that it's considered a Su'udas Mitzvah. And he says that's why people leave the last little part, don't finish till they can have some friends and they can make a Su'udas Mitzvah and it's a Mitzvah for it to join in that Su'udah. Um, I'm, I'm recording this shir before Tisha B'am, We know that the Rebbe encouraged so strongly to make Siyumim if you have a moment and you want to really get excited about Siyumim by seeing, you know, in the source, go look up the, um, go look up the um, Rama, Yeridea, it's third, uh, uh, Yeridea, Simen Reishman Vav, chapter 246, paragraph Chafav, Seif Chafav, and look over there in the Shach, and you'll see it's, it really builds up the concept of making a of making a seal of the of the joy that happens when you make a seal, just uh, sometimes it's, it adds excitement to go and see, you know, the source notes from hundreds of years ago. So we are, and the Rebbe tells us, the Rebbe shares this with us, encourages us to use the time when we're able to add things of joy which are permissible. And that is to make a seal. At any rate, so this is this is where we learn the concept of seal because the excitement about finishing the mitzvah of cutting the wood, but which makes us even more curious and inquisitive the mitzvah is actually just an enabler for a mitzvah and does that really become such a such a great joy we have to understand this and the Rebbe will explain it to us of course paragraph 3 in the words of Rav Menashe who let's say that the whole world the, this whole day was given a special name the day of Tavar Magal breaking Magal is like a scythe or an axe so we find two interpretations to this Tesva says that this is the day where they no longer, they cease cutting wood for the Mizbeach. Rabbi Nugeshem says, from now on, they don't need the magal, they don't need the instrument of, the metal instrument to cut the wood. The Rashbam, however, says that they actually broke the axes on that day. because They didn't need them anymore to cut wood. <laughs> it means to say, and that's the literal explanation, Tavar Magal, the breaking of the magal, of the axe, of the, of the cutting instrument. It's not just symbolic that now it's the day when the axe can be laid to rest till next year. But they actually literally broke it. 
And that's what's mashma from Rashi. Rashi explains the word as meaning shvira sagars and breaking the axe. And we understand why from the Gemara it seems that that's really the simple explanation. Rashi and Rashman give simple explanation. First of all, it's the simple meaning of the word. Tavar means to break. It doesn't mean to stop or to cease using it. For that he would have said bottle or posak. One of the words that say cease or interrupt. But it says breaking. So according to the... If we say that it means a day of breaking of the, the axe... Um, if we just say it means they stopped working with the axe, that means that Rav Menashe didn't add anything to those that came before him. Rabbi and Rabbi Yisabu says it's the day, Shaposko, that they stopped cutting. And so, so, so what did Rav Menashe add? He said that that's why they call that day the day that they stopped cutting with the axe. There's nothing of content really added here. And moreover, and this is the main argument that Rabbi says, um, if we just say it means they ceased using the axe for cutting wood for the Mizbeach, so this day is no different than the days that follow it till the month of Nisan when once again wood was cut. In other words, it's the final day, but it's just the first of the next more than six months of days till they started cutting again. So that's why we understand why the Rashbam says that literally it means Rabbi Nashi was saying they broke the axis. And that's what Ramanashi is adding. It wasn't just they stopped. It was actually an action. They broke the axes on that day. Now we have to understand. What's, um, what is the great advantage, the great point of breaking the axes to the extent that the day gets the name, the axe-breaking day? What's so exciting about that? And why did they have to break it? We know that there's a concept of not being wasteful, bal tashchis. So, why would we just go ahead and um, and break the axe? Just keep it for next year. Now we can understand why we wouldn't like to. We can understand why we wouldn't want to put the axe out there on the open market, you know, on eBay to be used for anything because it was used already for something of the base amikdash. So you didn't want to just, you know, give it out there to be um, used for something of, of mundane use. However, what's not understood is, why do they have to break it? They could learn it for the next year. Heart of 36, the Rebbe presents, you could really say they didn't want to leave it for the next year because uh, then they'll have to fix it, they'll have to sharpen it, make it, you know, you have to bring it, brush it up to bring it back to use. And there's a concept, what's wrong with doing that? There's a concept, you don't act, you don't act poor in the place of the ultimate wealth. What kind of people keep stuff for eight months and uh, refurbish it before they use it again? <laughs> people that can't afford to buy a new one. If, if, if you can keep buying new stuff, you don't need to store stuff, you just give it away. And then... So we can understand why perhaps, um, you know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't want to put it away till next year cutting the wood for the Mizbeach. And to use it for general repairs in the Beis HaMikdash, we can understand also why they wouldn't want to use it. Um, because, um, I'm not sure why, we have to see... Ah, it could be, the Rebbe says, and the Rebbe presents in the star, the asterisk, to this order, that just like the Ba'osulim is Be'ach, Mizbach Adomatas Ali, the Mizbach is to be made with intentionality from 
when you start making it, could be that they also had that custom that even the axe was made specially for cutting wood for the Mizbeach. The accoutrements of the Mizbeach were also treated that way and you didn't use it for anything else. Right? Anyway, but whatever the case is, we can understand perhaps why it wasn't put to other use. It wasn't kept to next year. But, and next year they want to use a new one. That's, that's wealth. But they could have put it away. They could have like, you know, put Geniza, they could have buried it. They could have, you know, why break it? Break it is symbolic of something. What is it symbolic of? Paragraph 4. We could say the explanation like this. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel in his teaching when he says, there were no such good days for the Jewish people like the 15th above. It comes as a continuation and as a culmination of the words of the Mishnah that speaks about Tishbab. Tishabav is a day of national mourning. What do we mourn? We mourn the Besamikdash. In the entire year, there's no such day of the opposite of Simcha and Yom Tev like the day of Tishabav. And that's why the Mishnah goes on at great length speaking about the reverse, about the Yom Tev that comes right after Tishabav. That there was no such other Yom Tev like 15th of Av and Yom Kippur. And now the Gemara, the, the Mishnah wants to... Um, expound on the greatness of that day. Now we can understand that also the reasons of the greatness of the day are things that negate, that come and cancel out and stand against the causes and the things, the events that took place on Tisha B'Av. <laughs> What's interesting is, says the Rebbe, says the Rebbe in 139, <laughs> when did they celebrate the 15th of Av? In the time of the Beis Amikdash. So, it cancels out Tisha B'Av, but Tisha B'Av is the second base of this destruction as well. So, but we still, we, we, we celebrate Chamesh above now also. And the reasons that the Mishnah is talking about is already talking about after the destruction of the Beis Amikdash. So, it does apply to us as well. So, in other words, we celebrate Chamesh Shabbat for these reasons. The reasons given are going to be things that are standing in opposition to, we don't say Tachnon this day, we mark this day. They're going to be reasons that are standing in stark, diametric opposition to the day and the things that happened on Tisha B'Av to make Tisha B'Av a sad day. So we understand certain reasons, we understand how they negate Tisha, the Tisha B'Av events. For example, the day when the, those that died in the desert completed dying which was basically that the um, decree that there was not, the Jewish people were not going to go to Israel was cancelled, it was finished. We understand how that is antithetical to Tisha B'Av, because the whole reason for Tisha B'Av, what was the reason for Tisha B'Av? It started with the fact that the, that the spies came back and the Jewish people cried that night. Hashem said, you're going to be crying. It's going to be a day of crying. So once the decree of dying they died for 40 years was finished that's a reason to celebrate the negation of the reason the core reason for Tisha B'Av also the fact that the ones that were killed at Beta the martyrs of Beta was allowed to be buried that's in opposition to um, two of the things that took place in in um, on Tisha B'Av which is in other words the fact that the they stopped dying in the desert. This negates the fact that Tisha B'Av was the day of the decree that we wouldn't go into Israel. We started going to Israel on the 15th of Av, 40 years later. 
And what negates the event, one of the events that took place on, Be- on, on Tisha B'Av was that Beitar was captured. So many years later, when the martyrs of Beitar was allowed to be buried, that cancels out, so to speak. That comes to at least better that situation of Beitar being captured. At least now their bodies were released and given to Jewish burial. The other reasons also have anti-Tisha B'Av components. In other words, the first reason that it says that the Shvatim allowed to get married with each other, even if there's only uh, uh, girls, and therefore they're inheriting the, their ancestral land. So what it tells us is that um, the fact that they're allowed to get married with each other makes our going into Eretz Yisrael and our, our, our ownership of Eretz Yisrael even stronger than it was before. That's reason to make it a Yom Tov. was about not going to Israel. The, the Shvatim being able to marry into each other in all circumstances meant that our ownership of Israel, our entry in Israel, was more full. How so? The Rebbe explains. So long as there was this restriction that the, the um, inheritance cannot go from one tribe to the next. In other words, and that's why the women who inherited would have to marry men from their tribe. That means to say that there's not full ownership given to the tribe that's inheriting. Somebody who has full and complete ownership can transfer to anybody he wants. If you're saying that, no, you can't transfer it to another tribe, so therefore girls that inherit within your tribe have to stay within the tribe, that means to say you're not fully, you don't have full ownership. Now, when it comes to the rest of Eretz Yisrael, obviously you don't own what belongs to some other tribe. You have even... But it's more than that. If you can't marry intertribal, that means there's no possibility. It's, 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 it's totally, um, it's an impossibility for you to have any ownership of land that's not within your tribal land. In other words, if there's that restriction, that means that it's not total ownership. Total ownership would mean that it can be transferred and transmitted, even from tribe to tribe, if the tribe so desire. Once that restriction was taken off, what happened, that what that was expressed is that now there's a more full and complete ownership that each person has in their Eretz Yisrael. And so there's a deeper entry into Eretz Yisrael symbolized by this uh, ability for transferal of land via marriage in this case. It shows that, that, yes, there is full ownership and everybody could technically have ownership in all parts of Eretz Yisrael in the right scenario. We could say that this is similar, says the Rebbe, to the two concepts, the two modes that we talk about, about ownership of the Bnei Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael. There's an ownership that comes in a way of transferal of ownership by inheritance. And there's a way of transferal of ownership that comes as a gift. In other words, when somebody passes away, his children inherit. That's not an active act. Before somebody passes away, he can choose to gift something to somebody else. There's two different forms of acquisitions. So when we talk about the, 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 the ownership that comes from inheritance, which the, 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 the completion of that is when it's totally distributed to those heirs, so the, the emphasis there is an individual portion given to an individual tribe. However, when we talk about the acquisition in the form that it's being given to them as a gift, so on the contrary, when, when, when you give a gift, you give it in the most... Um, uh, promising way in the most uh, uh, liberal of ways. You see, when something is going over by inheritance, it's whatever the law says. When you're giving a gift, 
there's goodwill there, so it's given with all possible benefits, fully loaded. So, it's, if, it's, if there's an acquisition in the form of a gift, as if Hashem is giving them a gift, so it comes with full, complete ownership. And therefore, really, the truth is that even though Hashem said, no, you can't transfer land to other tribes, it's not that it's because there's something lacking in the ownership. It's really because there's just a, what's called in halacha, there's a lion that's crouching on it and not allowing you to do it. You could do it, but there's a line there, so you run away, you don't do it. So, Eretz Yisrael is given to the tribes in a way they have full ownership, they could transfer to anybody, but Hashem said, no, 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 sorry, in this case you can't. But still, what that does is, it says that there's something that's at least symbolically incomplete in the ownership of their land. So, now when we said that that only applied then, and the Chachamim derived that you're allowed to allow inter-tribal marriage, Oh, this expresses that now there's a more complete form of ownership that every Yid has conceptually in the whole Eretz Yisrael. That's what the statement of allowing the Shvatim to marry to each other, that reveals this concept. Although, says the Rebbe, of course, the actual concept of all the land being given in the form of Matona was in the days of Avraham Avinu already. It's R53. Paragraph 5. So now, let's look at the five things that happened to our forefathers on Tisha What's the first one is that our forefathers were not allowed to go to Israel. Indeed, that's the first historically, and the Rebbe had said in a previous order, that's why um, one of the commentaries only brings this reason. Um, if you want, uh, you want to see that, fascinating. In um, 41, the Rebbe says, that's why in the Pirish HaMishnais of the Rambam, he only brings the reason of Hamishas above, because that's when the people that died in the desert stopped dying because that's really the first thing that happened uh, that made it into a good day and all the other things that happened happened on that day because that day was a good day because that was the day when the, the, the decree of not going to Israel was cancelled interesting so okay even though that's historically the first thing and that gives the day the weight but we know that our relationship with Tisha B'Av is not so much with the fact that not able to go into Israel back then, but with the fact that we lost the Beis Hamikdash, the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. So therefore, the Gemara, when it talks about the main reason of the joy of Hamishah above, it's going to choose something. It chooses the main thing that's connected with Beis Hamikdash, and that is the day that they stopped, the day that they completed the act of cutting wood for the Beis Hamikdash for the Mizbeach. That's got to do with building the Beis Hamikdash. That's canceling out the destruction. It's something that is opposing, opposite to the concept of the destruction. Um, especially in this, when we're talking about this day being celebrated in the second base Amigdash, look in R58. It was a big, it was a big yomtev because it was after Taka, there was no destruction. The first base Amigdash was destroyed, but now they had a second one. And the Rebbe points us to a shakla v'tayr. There's an interesting discussion. Did they fast on Tisha B'av in the days of the second Beis HaMikdash? Or didn't they fast? And there are opinions um, that no, they didn't fast. At any rate, so the excitement about finishing to cut the wood for the Mizbeach is standing as a 
so to speak, an antidote to the main reason we, we, we mark Tishba, which is the Day of Destruction. So now let's talk about the, 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 the destruction. There's two points to destruction. First of all, the destruction of the Besam English. There's no Besam English, and therefore you can't bring Korbanis. And then there's the reason for the destruction. In the second base Amikdash, which is more stringent to us, right? Because it's, it's, it's the one that was. The second one completed the first one, but then we lost the second one. That's the one that's more relevant for us to more. What's the reason it was destroyed? Because Sinas there was baseless hatred. So the opposite of those two things, destruction and the course, of, the source of it, the, the, the animosity, the hatred, is achieved in the Chamisha Asabaav based on the reason we give that the wood was cut for the Mizbech. So, interesting, the Rebbe looks at the destruction and the source of destruction, which was the, 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 uh, the Noachtos. Um, the Rebbe says, interesting, the day Binyamin was allowed to marry into the tribes, that's Achtos. And the Mizbeach was in the portion of Binyamin. That's got to do with building Beis HaMikdash. Hara 62, the Rebbe says, when, when Ela canceled out the guards that Yeruvam put not to be allowed to go to Yishalayim, there's also two things there. Getting rid of the hatred. In other words, there's unity. All right? We said that's the reason of the destruction. But taking away those guards creates unity because now all the Bnei Yisrael are able to go to each other there were those that were not allowed to go past a certain spot. You know, didn't let them. Now that everybody can go, and where can they go? They can go to all participate in Yerushalayim. We know that Yerushalayim is a place where everybody gets united. And, and number two, by canceling it, not just the Achtos aspect, but the, the Beis Amikdash aspect, they can all go to the Beis Amikdash. Right? So that's, uh, that's a beautiful thing. Now let's talk though about the cutting of the wood, which also has within it these two aspects. Um, what two aspects? Let's see. Paragraph 6. We'll understand this by first understanding another diuk, another um, point that stands out in this topic. Why does the Gemara have to bring the words of Rabbi Lezah Godel that says, from the 15th day of Av, Toshash the power of the sun became diminished, started becoming diminishing, and they didn't cut wood for the Marachu. Why does he have to bring that aspect as a proof? What's the difference? What's the difference? What the reason that they completed cutting wood is? Especially, it makes it a little bit more difficult to understand the reason for the joy because, I mean, all it is is that the sun became weaker, so there's no other choice but to stop cutting wood. But that doesn't seem to give an excitement to that day. Like, so what is that? What is that? What is, what is that saying? So that says actually the explanation is that 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 point about the sun is actually giving us the answer. The cutting of the wood for the mizbeach, what that achieved is. That for the entire year, the Mizbech could be operational without any problem to offer up all kinds of carbonus, private carbonus, 
which everybody had an obligation either to bring for an obligation or because he had made a, 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 a vow or because he had committed to giving a donation of a, of a, of a carbon. And the communal carbonists, the ones that are brought all the time on behalf of the entire Jewish community. And every Jew is considered to have a portion in, all, in each of those public carbonists. And to the extent that, that there are some personal things that we get atonement for based on some of the uh, public carbonists. In other words, there's a very personal aspect even to the communal carbon. So this is a collective and affecting each individual opportunity, the carbonists. And what's fueling the carbonists? The wood. In other words, cutting the wood is in its very definition a concept of tzedakah. Enabling, giving to others. We know tzedakah is corresponding to all the mitzvahs. In the Talmud Yerushalmi, when you just say mitzvah, it's a mitzvah of tzedakah. That's what kind of a central mitzvah it is. Especially when the tzedakah is being done in its highest way, that it's a mitzvah of What's the highest way of giving tzedakah? Highest way of giving tzedakah, literally, says the Rebbe Nara 67, is when it's given in, an, in, a, in, a, in a discreet way that the receiver and the giver don't know each other. Right? And that's the way it was done here by the wood. He brought the wood to the, to, the, to the coffers of the wood. Nobody knew who was using whose wood. And there's also tzedakah because carbonists are like tzedakah. In other words, you know, the tzedakah being done here is in a great thing, which is carbonists, things that bring us closer to Hashem, sacrifice to Hashem. In other words, the greatness of the tzedakah is both in its quantitative concept, it's being done with everybody there's nobody who didn't get this tzedakah of the wood even if it's somebody who didn't make it to the Beis Amikdash that year but he was part of the communal sacrifice it was also on his behalf and also it allowed right so it allowed private carbonists public carbonists everybody had a benefit this was something that was benefiting everybody this was a tzedakah to everybody if you wanted to give to a tzedakah that every single Jew benefits from this was the tzedakah also it's a it's an echos in quality it's an incredible tzedakah it's a totally different kind of tzedakah. Because it's a tzedakah that, if not for cutting the wood till the 15th of Av, when the sun is still strong, you, there's no more wood that you can provide for, the, for cutting the karbana, for, for the Mizbeach. So we'll understand why the Gemara, why, why we explain this concept by adding what Rabbi Leza Agadol says, that from the 15th day of, of Av, the, 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 the sun's strength was diminished which means to say that it's something that cannot be provided afterwards. And that's why we understand that what was done till the 15th of Av was an incredible achievement, which was, this was the, the cutoff date. We also understand, I think if I may, if I, if I may try and understand this out loud, you know, there's, there's tzedakah, and then there's tzedakah where you're giving something, some, somebody something that's irreplaceable and, and not, not obtainable anywhere else. Sometimes you think, oh, if I don't get it here, I'll get it there. If I don't get it today, I'll get it tomorrow. No, this is providing for something that's only available till today. And the celebration, the culmination of having the stock of wood becomes a very special day because it's not available to anybody to do later. And this is benefiting everybody. Now we also understand why this is 
a perfect antidote, so to speak, a, a, a opposition in, in joy to the sadness of Tishabal. Because this is the completion, in a sense, of the building of Beis HaMikdash. What is the building of Beis HaMikdash? The first halacha in the Rambam about Beis HaBechir is it's a mitzvah to build a house, a house to Hashem that is prepared to offer up Karbanis. That's what the mission statement of the Beis HaMikdash is. And that becomes enabled and completed on Chamish HaSabov. That's when we have the full um, enabling of the, of the Beis HaMikdash doing its being functional for the rest of the year. Because that's when they completed cutting the wood for the Mizbeach. And now it becomes truly a, a dependable, stocked up house that can bring Karbonis without any, without any hiccups, without any interruptions. Till the following Nisa when they cut again. Paragraph 7. Now comes the Menashe, and he says it wasn't just the day that they culminated it, it was also called the day of Tavarmagal, the day of breaking the axe. But there's something else deeper and more wholesome and complete that happens within the context of talking about building the Beis Amikdash, not just enabling the big mitzvah of having the Karbonis, but even in the, so to speak, there's something essential that's being transmitted here. By, by this day. What is it? So we know that the Mishnah says about the prohibition of having iron, metal, touch the stones of the Mizbeach. The Torah says you're not allowed to have metal touch the Mizbeach. And a stone that's touched by metal becomes puzzle, invalid for use in the Mizbeach. Why is that? The Mishnah says, Sha'abar zel nivra, Metal was created to be used as an instrument of war to shorten the life of man. was created and its very purpose of being is to lengthen the life of man. It's not proper that something a shortener should come into contact with a lengthener and, and, and still and still things still be okay. The Mizbeach has to be pristine, kept clear of that arch enemy called um, iron and this is what Rav Menashe adds according to the way Rashi and Rashbam learn it he's saying this is the day that the axes were broken yeah what's pshat the fact that this was the day that they completed cutting the wood, the greatness of it is not just that we enabled the mitzvah of bringing, now there's wood to bring carbonus, an enabler. And that's why they didn't want to use the axe for anything else, so the axe was now laid to retirement. No. And not just is the greatness that now the house, can, now the Mesamikdash is a house that's prepared to bring carbonus. And it's such a huge mitzvah, but more than that, now the, the, the purpose, the ultimate goal of the Beis HaMikdash and offering Karbanas, which is that it's created, we said the Mizbeach is created to lengthen the life of man. And through bringing the Karbanas on it, this is what its job is, lengthen the life of man. You know what happened? This day emphasized 
even before the wood was used on the Mizbeach, that it's a day where the metal is broken, the axes are broken. In other words, that day, because we've brought the Beis Amikdash to a place where it can be fully functional, and the Mizbeach can have all the wood, this symbolizes a completion in Beis Amikdash, which is and Mizbeach, which is about lengthening life. It already has an effect that it breaks and cancels out the opposite union of the Mizbeach and the offering of Karbonus, the metal which is created to shorten the life of man. In other words, it, it creates already, a, so to speak, a reverberation in the world that you break the axis. Uh, by the way, and that's why it was broken. Um, they broke the axe, literally. Because from then on, it doesn't help the function of the Mizbeach to, to cut the wood. It was already done. So what's left in this, act, in this axe is not the functionality that enables, but only its essential state, which is that metal is by default something that shortens life of man. Anything else, in other words, that you do with metal, there's many amazing things. Medicine and, and, and life, and life lengthening things. As we go further into, we get more positive uses, but that's all additional uses for metal. Metal in its default state, it's going to change, by the way. Mashiach comes, the default of metal, there's not going to be negativity, it's not going to be used. That's why the prophet says that the, 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 the metal, we, the plowshares, it will be eaten into plowshares. The swords... Will be will be will be transformed into 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 useful things, into into helping things grow. But that's a change in definition that's going to be when Mashiach comes. Now it can also be used for good things. Look, it was being used for chopping wood in the base of Migdash. But once that ceases, now it goes back to its default state, which is, as we said, why why metal can't touch the Mizbeach because it's created. Its default state is is, is destruction, is, is swords and armaments. So, you got to break it. Symbolizing that, no, we don't want to leave it around, only to be something that's could, that, that symbolizes what metal symbolizes, you break it. But what about the question we asked, what about wastefulness? RS75, once there's a purpose and a meaningfulness in it, it's not called baltashka, it's not called wasteful. Being wasteful and, and destructive is only when you do it in a way of destruction and kill call and, and, and ruining something. When there's a point... It's not Baltashkas. Ches, according to this, we'll understand that the content of this, the meaning of this Yom Tov of the 15th day of Av is unity, right? Between Yidin, which is the opposite and rectifies the sin that brought the destruction, Sin Aschinam. So now we understand why the Yom Tov of, of Tuba Av, what else, what took place? We know why 15th of Av is happy for various reasons. We just explained at length. The building of the base Amikdash is expressed therein. And the oneness of the Jewish people, the tzedakah, that everybody is now collectively and individually taken care of with this great mitzvah of tzedakah, the great opportunity to have their kabbanis brought up because there's wood. Now we understand why the, what 
what took place on the 15th day of Av in the Mishnaic times, in the, in the, in the, sorry, in the Mishnaic times, was the fact that the daughters of Yerushalayim would go and dance in the vineyards. Dancing, is like in circles, means that notwithstanding the fact that there were various sectors within within the girls. There was those that were called Yefefiyas, the beautiful ones. There was those that were called Miuchoses, the ones that came from uh, a good Yichus, a good pedigree, a good uh, family background. Mucho'ores, there were those that were not so beautiful. Uh, like the Brisa says, but they all danced together. Dancing is, is um, when you do a circle, there's no beginning, no end. It's a symbol, it symbolizes peace, Shalom and Achtos, peace and oneness. And more than that, what were they dressed in? They were dressed in simple white clothing, she'ulim, that were borrowed from somebody else, not to embarrass somebody who didn't have. And the Gemara explains the order that hierarchically, one would, each girl would ask for clothing for the girl who is lower than her, so to speak, in the hierarchical social status. The daughter of a king would ask, would borrow clothing from the daughter of the high priest. The daughter of the high priest, the king of would take it from the daughter of the next in charge, the assistant, the vice to the Kohen uh, Gadol, etc., etc. So by doing this and taking, borrowing clothing, first of all borrowing, and borrowing it for somebody who's lower than you on the social standing ladder, brings out even more expressly, more strongly, the union of peace and oneness and achtus. Because the one that's more, so to speak, more uh, on a higher social strata, comes and borrows, in other words, subjugates themselves and is a recipient for somebody who's lower on the social ladder. And that's also in the end of the Mesech. So in other words, this also represents the union of the oneness, Achtus, which cancels out the destruction, because the reason for destruction is the divisiveness. And the same thing we find at the end of the Mesech that says, in the future Hashem will make a circle for Tzaddikim and Hashem will sit in them, within that circle, in Gan Eden, and each one of the tzaddikim will point with his finger and say, as it says in the prophet, will say on this day, this is Hashem. That's when there's going to be a complete acht, a complete oneness and incorporation of all Yidin with each other. It says only about the tzaddikim, well, we know it says, your people are all tzaddikim. As explained at great length elsewhere about what does this mean, the circle, Hashem sitting in there, and the tzaddikim pointing and saying, this is Hashem. And on that day, which the Prophet speaks about, on that day there'll be uh, the circle of tzaddikim. That will be the day when really and forever the axes will be broken in the entire world. As the Prophet tells us, that the swords will be beaten into plowshares. Because no nation will do war on each other. The whole purpose of metal will change. And it'll be fulfilled in its complete way, the concept that we say the Mizbeach is therefore to lengthen the life of man, who is Adam, Atem Kruim Adam, you the Jewish people are called Adam, long years and long days and long years, in the time of Tchiyas Amesim, when the dead will come back to life in the future, and that's going to be by all Jews, because it says, all Jews have a portion of the world to come, in other words, the re- resurrection, as it says, that by all Yidin, they'll be part of that Mochel Tzadikim, that circle of Tzadikim we're describing, which Hashem will make in the future. May this be of Yameinu Mamash. Yes.
This is a shear on Likutei Sichrois. Technically, have ownership in all parts. And now it becomes truly a, a dependable, stocked up house that can bring carbonus without any, without any hiccups, without any interrupt. Active is only when you do it in a way of destruction and kill and, uh, and and ruining something. When there is a point 